and we're back. And we're actually going to get into some grammar for today because I also realized that grammar is so very, very important. And my students lack it because we all actually in the, the grocery store yesterday, um, some guy came up to me. I don't know why he thought to come up to me, but he asked me how to spell jurisdiction. Uh, we and, and then he, I started spelling it. And then finally, when I got to the D-I-C-T-I, he was like, oh, I see it now. So we rely a lot on autocorrect and, you know, Google to fill in the blanks for us. So, um, you know, I think sometimes we just kind of learn to get back uh, those words that we're losing. So participles, if you don't know what participles are, stay tuned. Also, um, listen in. There are four important rules to remember. Firstly, Latin has four participles, the present active, the future active, the perfect passive, and the future passive, and they're all going to sound differently. It lacks, however, a present passive participle, meaning uh, a being verbed and a perfect active participle, which is having basically verbed, essentially. I'll, I'll fill in the blanks later on, all right? Just get that in your head. Secondly, the perfect passive, future active, and the future passive participles belong to the yeah, the first and the second declension. And the present active participles belong to the third declension. Skip it a bop, skip it a beep, read it a bop. Third, the verb essay, remember ESSE, which means to be, has a future active participle, which is futurus. Huh, kind of funny. The verb to be, its future active participle is futurist kind of sounds like future maybe that's where we get the word future it lacks both the present active and all passive participles okay and then lastly to remember and note is that participle mm -hmm, i need a little swiggies with water quick. like i said it's so dry here right now and all of the wind is just picking up so much dirt it's just like it just throws it in your eyes it's awful participles show relative time what are participles well at heart participles are verbs which have been turned into adjectives hence why i said adjectival verbs thus technically participles are rather verb verbal adjectives adjectival verbs you can say it either way i had wrote that as a, a note so I guess I remembered it a little bit differently. I, I, I don't like read from a script or anything like that with these, but I have notes that I kind of like keep me on task uh, when I to, to remember these concepts. Also, sorry, I hope my creakety creak mid-century modern chair is not bothering in the background. Stop, why are you doing that? I, I got some DIY stuff I need to do all around this apartment actually. The first part of the word party, P-A-R-T-I, means part, and the second part, mean, uh, the C-I-P, the means uh, to take, the take part. Never mind. Indicating that participles partake and or share in the characteristics of both verbs and adjectives. That's why they call them that. In other words, the base of a participle is verbal, giving it some of the qualities of a verb. For instance, tense. It can indicate when the action is happening, now or then or later, i.e. present, past, or future. Conjugation, what thematic vowel will be used, e.g. Um, an A rather in first conjugation and an E in second 
and uh, so on, I guess. We'll get into it. Um, voice, which is whether the word it's attached to is acting or being acted upon. So, it est, i.e., um, if you didn't know it est, uh, that i.e. abbreviation means it is, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, active or passive in voice. And if it can express voice, then it must also be able to express expectation. In other words, will the participle be followed by a direct object? If so, it must be active or an agent. If so, it must be passive, right? We got, oh, I think we talked about, yeah, we did talk about passive in the last. So participles can also be followed by anything the verb naturally expects. Indirect objects, complementary infinitives, ablatives of, ablatives of separation, and the like. Uh, the base of participles, or, or rather, that's the base of the, partici the participles. But their endings are totally different. They're adjectival instead of verbal. Okay? Because, or rather, therefore, they contain the type of information adjectives do. Case, number, and gender. This allows them to agree with the nouns or functions as substantives. You remember those, right? Sub substantives or adjectives that already basically have a noun, um, a part of it, but not represented in the Latin. Uh, but like adjectives, participles cannot stand alone and make sense. Instead, they create phrases like um, dependent forms, which must be embedded inside a larger thought that has a full, a.k.a. finite verb. So, yeah, I told you it's going to be a little bit grammar heavy. heavy. I need to slow down. All right, Liam. Before embarking on the formation, the use of the Latin participles, let's look at a few examples of the participles in English, beginning with present tense participles. For example, listening. As in listening carefully, uh, men can learn much more uh, from their partners. That's a, that's a good one. Also vice versa. But still... Here, the first part of the participle, listen, comes in the verb in its present tense form. The men are listening and learning at the same time now, in the present. While the second part of the participle, ing, in the English participle ending, um, it turns the verb listen into an adjective agreeing with the men. Kind of like, right? Listening carefully. Men are, they are listening. Listening type of men. Um... Listening carefully, uh, well, rather, um, in other words, in the same way an adjective like stoic or uh, attentive could also attach to men, i.e. listening to uh, or listening carefully, stoic and attentive men can learn much from their partners. Listening modifies men. It tells you what kind of men they are. So notice that participles like listening convey not only um, tense, in this instance, present tense, but also voice and expectation, for instance, giving Latin their full attention, most students get A's. So besides, uh, hey, take notes, students. Um, beside, besides taking active voice, participles can also be passive voice, as in being instructed by a Latin teacher, students understand English better. 
as before, ing indicates the form is a participle, but when it's expressed with b plus the ed form of the verb, it becomes passive, which means it expects an agent. So by a Latin teacher would be the agent in this case. In addition to voice, participles can change tense, like I mentioned prior. An English per perfect passive participle, not per perfect passive, perfect active participle, such as having learned good grammar, students often go on to great, su great success in life. Just like present, uh, or well, rather, just like present participles, perfect participles can be passive, as in having been guided by the best teachers, students often experience joy and fame. Besides present and past, participles can be future tense as well, though they're not as simple to form because the normal future tense marker in English will cannot be used with participles, where we can. Uh, add having to a verb form to create a perfect passive or a perfect participle like, gosh, I know, I'm sorry. It's a lot of like, ugh, I'm trying to sift it through it in my mind. Like having done it, uh, we can't do the same thing with will. So will-ing do it? Instead, we have to say about to do it or going to do it. Okay, so if you think about it, we just have to rephrase it in order to basically make it grammarified. In the next chapter of this um, podcast, the next lesson, the uh, whatever, uh, we're going to talk about uh, paraphrastic con constructions and passive par paraphrastic PPPs, meaning it's a long way of saying a simple thing. Essentially, the construction requires more words than necessary. So an example of a future active participle construction in English listening carefully would be the students about to confront some very t difficult grammar, a result to study like never before. Excuse me. See how it helps you understand how to like manipulate language. That's a very, very, I would say convoluted sentence. Yes, but also it's very much in command of the grammar and the language because everything there fits within the paradigm of what we consider proper grammar, okay? So here are all those participles. So we have active, passive, present, perfect, and future. So note, though, the use of the ing in the active forms, verbing, having verbed, going to verb, the passive forms use Instead, instead a form of B plus ED, a.k.a. Be, being verbed, having been verbed, uh, going to be verbed. Now let's uh, just talk about Latin participles. So here are all the simple formulas for those participles. Verbing, being verbed, and so on. So firstly, the perfect active participle is formed in Latin by taking the present base of a verb plus the thematic vowel appropriate to that verb's conjugation and adding the adjectival ending N-S or N-T-I-S <clears throat> and so on following third declension. Remember that even though participles come from the verbs, uh, they're adjectives fundamentally, 
right? I've got to reiterate that and I will, and you've heard it before and you will hear it again. For example, the past or rather the present active participle of a mo, which is first conjugation, is a mons or a montis. We'll talk about the translation of these forms in a second. Uh, secondly, no present passive participles in Latin or perfect active participles. So you can cross those off the chart um, of your, um, I don't know, visualized chart. Actually, uh, hopefully you guys have a, a, you know, a participle you'll chart pulled up on um, maybe your phone or something like that. But I realize that people are probably listening to this while they're doing other things. And uh, so I'm trying to make this as uh, relatable as possible. So on the perfect passive participle, uh, which you've already learned, by the way, it's the fourth principal part of the verb. In this case, if we did a mo, it would be amatus, right? Amatus, and then it would be amata or amatum, depending on the gender, right? Us being masculine, a being feminine, um being neuter. Take this that same base, add you are between the um, perfect passive verb base and the ending, and you get the future active participle. This one turns into a distinctive R-U or U-R-U-S, U-R-A, and U-R-U-M. Endings follow um, the second, the first and second declensions, rendering uh, forms like amaturus, amatura, and amaturum, depending on the gender. Again, the future passive participle uh, uses the present base form N-D, not NT, but be careful. Plus the first or second declension endings producing the form like amandus, amanda, and amandum. Hmm, funny. This is where we, if we went into ago, agens, agentis, which I'm sure, yeah, why, oh, oh, we can. But um, it this is where we get the word agenda from. Um, but to kind of, simplify uh, all those concepts I just went over. Uh, the first thing in the present active is NT producing IN. Hmm. Not sure what happened there, but um, it just like cut out. So hmm. I'm going to get back into it. Just uh, I remember what we had done is we had kind of gone in depth and I'll be cycling back and forth just to make sure that my recording doesn't cut out again like it did prior. But Regardless, we're going to get into um, just making things a little bit more simple and uh, getting to the core of the concepts in order to know what we need to know. So, firstly, NT represents the present active, a.k.a. ING, anything doing, loving, being, seeing, doing, uh, eating. T and S being the perfect passive renders having been, T-U-R and S-U-R renders, the, uh, which is the future active before I get, in, get into its manifestation, about to or going to do something. And then N-D, future passive, about to or going to be. Okay, so notice <clears throat> also that only one of the participle participles employs their declension endings, the present active, as the others use first and second declension endings. 
Let's look at an example of a Latin verb and its participles using a third conjugation verb because they're always the most difficult, like ago. Ago, taking the participle signs cited above and adding them to the base and proper thematic vowel for the third conjugation, e, you get the present active participle of ago, which would be agents and agentes. This is where we get agent from. From the, uh, or well, rather, you, uh, well, actually, I don't know how you would know. I'm sorry. Uh, that was a little bit of a conversation that I had in my mind. Uh, perfect passive participles of ago. It's the fourth principal part, octus, octa, octum. You just kind of have to memorize that kind of stuff, but um, inserting the U-R into it creates the future active participle, which renders octurus, octura, octorum, remember, depending on the gender. And returning to the present base, we add ND, and you have the future passive participle, agendas. Okay, so many Latin participles enter English as derivatives. Some students find it easier to learn these forms when they realize they already know them. For instance, our word agent comes from the present active participle of the verb agens, agentes. The perfect passive participle octus produces action or act in English, and the future passive participle agendus underlies our word agenda. Only the future active participle, octurus, has no generated derivatives. Um, the, at least, yeah, I don't think, I, don't, I can't think of any. Um, if you let me know, let me know. Um, um, the, uh, the active ones, amand and amanturus, call for a direct object. So love, loving or going to love someone. And the passive ones, amatus and amandus, call for agents, like having been or going to be loved by someone. All right, learning a little bit more about English. So finally, the verb to be in Latin, sum and essay only have one participle. The future active, futurus, futura, futurum, probably one of the easiest forms to remember in Latin. Future, futurus, um, pretty self-explanatory. Naturally, sum has no passive form, so being bead does not make any sense, but quite unexpectedly, it also has no present active participle, the equivalent of English, which is being. The lack of this basic participle forced Latin into some odd expression, expressions, expressions, as we'll learn later in this course. Um, now let's address the use of participles in Latin. Did I sound like Sean Connery? I hope so. Which happens considerably, considerably more often than in English. So simply put, the Romans used their participles a lot more than we do, both as adjectives and substantives, which is to be expected when an adjective's form naturally indicates number and gender. So decens right? The present active participle of deco can mean not only the one speaking, but also the speaker. Likewise, in gelen intelligentes can mean both those comprehending and a smart people. And moentia or moentia, literally moving things or things that motivate action, okay, also means motivations. Where Latin tends to use participial phrases, English prefers whole clauses. 
For instance, those beginning with when, if, although, since, who, which, and so on, to it, um, where Latin will have the the um, sentence. I don't know if that dog's okay. The students ignoring their teacher suffered horribly would be in the Latin, whereas in the English, we would prefer the students who ignored their teacher suffered horribly. Or where Latin says the forms having been ignored by the students came back to haunt them, whereas in English, we'll say the forms which had been ignored by the students came back to haunt them. The result is a rich array of possibilities for translating Latin participles back into English. So I hope uh, you learned something new. Uh, that's it. That's going to be it for today and for uh, our grammar lesson. So I really thank you for sticking with me. And I really appreciate your inquisitive nature in understanding more right? Just being a critical thinker. I really thank you for that. So if you would like to, and I would very much appreciate it, especially if you've gotten this far, is to go ahead and uh, go to Apple Podcasts, scroll on down to the bottom, give me five stars, maybe even ask me a question, give me, a, uh, give me some, some, some words. Um, and uh, I'd love to feature it in a uh, podcast. Um, uh, yeah, so I can shout out my listeners and all that good stuff. I'm, tr I'm trying to, you know, reach more audiences now that I know that I am. So um, it's got me super excited for the possibilities of just, you know what, reaching the masses and helping them explore and understand language in a layman-like way. So uh, and also, if you have any questions, go ahead. My personal email is Liam Connerly, L-I-A-M-C-O-N-N-E-R-L-Y at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you know what? Appreciate you guys. I really do. And so with that, without further ado, um, Tempus est discedere.